0: At the end of chapter 16, Ricky and Lily had decided that they were going to build the tiger trap. Lily didn't quite know how to tell Sam, uh, to tell Ricky exactly what she needed the tiger trap for. But that was what they were going to do. And they were in the library. And then they were greeted by Sam and Jensen. And they wanted to know, the two of them, what The other two were up to, and they were a little bit annoyed. Chapter 17. Jensen speaks first. Her eyes flicker from surprise to confusion to curiosity. Hi, she says. I'm Jensen. She gives Sam the same warm, inviting smile she gave me, only with something extra, something curious and almost hopeful, maybe because Sam is her age. Jensen tucks a dark curl behind her ear and her lucky freckles glow. I can't help but feel jealous because it feels like, without even trying, Sam stole my friend. That's the problem with sticky people. Uh, hey, Sam says to Jensen, stammering a little bit. I'm, uh, I'm Sam. She's caught off guard by Jensen's niceness or something, but then she turns back to me, eyes narrowing. She stands a little taller, Sam's most comfortable in her anger. Why did you run out in the middle of our conversation? You can't just do that. I swallow feeling Jensen's and Ricky's eyes on us. I want to disappear, but my invisibility switch isn't working. It's been malfunctioning lately. Why didn't you just tell me where you were going? Sam asks. "Uh, I'm not sure what to say, because I couldn't tell you about my secret tiger plan. I had to come here. The words kerplunk at my feet, falling flat. An awkward silence echoes until Jensen exclaims, Oh, I know you. Sam's eyes widen and Jensen grins, not to be creepy or anything. You just looked familiar to me. You went to Sun Elementary, right? Like ages ago. Sam pauses. Her cheeks go pink. Um, yeah, for a few years we lived here. Yeah, a while ago, ages ago. I stare at my sister. I've never seen her stumble over her words like that. She's normally so sure of herself and so mean. Now all her edges go soft. Jensen toys with her curls. You know, we're doing a bake sale to raise money for the library. It was Lily's idea, actually. And you're welcome to help if you're interested. I can give you my number and we can coordinate. Yeah, I, um, okay, I've, yeah, Sam readjusted his shirt, even though it looked fine. I glance at Ricky, but he's just eating his second pudding, completely oblivious to any strangeness. Pass me your number while they're distracted, I say with my eyes. In response, He points to his cup and gives me a thumbs up, as if I was wondering how his pudding was. I take a very deep breath and exhale slowly, like mom does when she's dealing with halmoni. Jensen grins. That would be awesome, she says, as she takes Sam's phone and types her number in it. I feel a pang of jealousy because Sam just got someone's phone number, no problem, like everything is easy for her. Jensen and Sam stare at each other for a few seconds, and it's like Sam has forgotten about me completely. I start to feel antsy. Anyway, I mumble. I stare at Ricky silently. I tell him, give me your number now, super subtle. Oh yeah, Ricky says. He holds out the scrap of paper and drops it into my palm. He lowers his voice to a loud whisper. For later, you know, for the secret plan. Jensen looks surprised. Sam looks suspicious. I take another deep breath and force a very normal smile. Okay, well, we should go, I say. Right, Jensen says. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to hold you up. Anyway, Ricky and I really need to get back to tutoring. Ricky shakes his head. It's okay, Jensen. I can see you're making a friend, and I want to be respectful of that. Jensen laughs, and Sam gives an awkward goodbye shrug before dragging me away from the table. Ricky calls after us, mouthful of pudding. See you later. I wave goodbye as Sam pulls me out of the library, and when we're out, I turn to her. You didn't have to embarrass me like that. She stares at me. Seriously? That's what you're upset about? You ran out in the middle of a conversation and left me with mom, who's already super stressed. Sorry, I murmur. And I mean it. I'm still annoyed with Sam, but about this, she's kind of right. I don't know. I get it. I'm mad too. I'm mad that it's happening and I'm even madder that mom didn't tell us sooner. Sam runs a hand over her face. Being in that house, it's like a prison. Sometimes I want to run away. I wish I could explain that I wasn't running away, that I have a plan, that it's all going to be okay. But she's made it very clear that she doesn't believe in the magic. As we hike back up the stairs, I squint at the house, trying to see what Sam sees. To me, the house has always been a safe place. It protects us. But I guess I can almost see it in the way the nearly black vines strangle the house, the way the door shuts and locks, the way the house hides, tucked away in the trees. I can see it almost, this house as a prison, or even as a trap. Chapter 18. Ricky arrives on his bike a few hours later, after Mom takes Helmoni to a follow-up doctor's appointment. Sam's upstairs, so it's just me in the living room, which is probably good because he's got about a thousand yards of rope wrapped around his waist and is wearing head-to-toe camouflage, including a camo pattern top hat. Whoa, I say, as he steps through the front door, he lifts his top hat in greeting. Tiger Trapmaster at your service. I blink. What? Yeah, you're right. The name needs some work. He walks past me, unties the rope, and dumps it onto my living room floor. When he sees my confusion, he clarifies my supername, superhero name, obviously. Right, I feel bad because I know he's having fun and I don't want him to think I'm mocking him. But also, this isn't a game. This matters a lot. I don't think the camo was necessary. He grins. It's not, but it's cool. What's your superhero name? I'm not a superhero. I pick up the rope, trying to change the subject. What do we do with this? he squints at me. Well, fine, but at least wear this. He lifts the top hat from his head and places it on mine. Then he nods, satisfied. That's better. The brim of the hat is a little sweaty and a little big. Why do you have a camel top hat? He tilts his head. What do you mean? I blink. After knowing him for a couple of days, it's obvious that he has a lot of strange hats, but maybe he doesn't think they're strange at all. To him, a camel top hat is perfectly normal. The hat is just, I'm about to say, kind of weird, but I remember his face at the grocery store and I stop myself. I don't want to make him feel bad like that. It's unique, I finish, and then, before we can dive deeper into his hat conversation, I try to refocus. I was thinking we should set the trap over here. Follow me. I lead him to the basement door. This place is so intense, he says, taking in the herbs, the charms, the little statues, and, of course, the boxes and chests still stacked by the basement door. It's not intense, I tell him, bristling a little. Maybe I shouldn't have been so nice about the hat. It's my home he turns pink. "'Sorry, I like it, though. It's like being in a thrift store or a not-scary haunted house.' Before I can respond, Sam's footsteps creak down the stairs, and she stops in front of us. "'Excuse me,' she says, folding her arms over her chest and raising an eyebrow at me. "'Why is he here, and what's on your head?' "'Oh, I say, this is a top hat.' Honestly, there's not much more to say about it. And Ricky's just here to mm, read. Sam frowns, glancing at the rope, at Ricky's camo, and then back at me. Does mom know you invited someone over? Ricky looks back and forth between us, then clears his throat and smiles at Sam. Hi, I'm Ricky. I'm Lily's friend from the library. Sam rolls her eyes. Yes, I know. I literally just saw you this morning. Then she pulls me into Halmoni's empty bedroom where we can talk privately. You didn't even ask me if you could have a friend over, she says, her voice bordering on exasperation. I shrug. Mom won't care. She wants me to make friends. Yeah, but you can't just do whatever you want. You have to ask. Remember the conversation we just had? I'm sorry. He just kind of showed up. He invited himself. It's technically true. Don't be so sketchy. I'm not stupid. I know you have some secret plan. Why are you wearing that hat? And why are you holding a pile of ropes? Her eyes narrow. This is about your weird tiger theory, isn't it? No. I lie unconvincingly. Sam frowns. I think I have to tell mom. She reaches for her phone, but I grab her wrist to stop her. Don't, please, sisters, keep each other's secrets. We stare each other down until finally she shakes her head. Fine, do whatever, just leave me out of it. Oh, it's what I wanted, I guess, but it still stings because while I don't want her to stop me from doing this, I also don't want her to ignore me. I want her to care. There's an ache in my chest because it should be Sam and me together building a tiger trap. This story belongs to sisters. It should be us. But Sam twists her wrist out of, her, out of my hand before walking out of the bedroom and back up the stairs. Your sister seems... Ricky swallows. Nice! Nice! I ignore him. We need to build the trap downstairs. He frowns. Well, I've done a lot of googling, and normally tiger pits are outside, so they can be, you know, a pit. I push the basement door open and switch on the light, which thankfully decides to work today. It flickers once, twice, then stays on, buzzing faintly. Yeah, but a basement is already kind of like a pit. Ricky squirms. But it's not, though. I don't want it to get rained on, I say. I can't tell him the real reason the tiger appeared in the house. She thinks the stolen star stories are somewhere in here, and the basement is the only place where my family won't notice a giant trap. The excuse is good enough for Ricky, and we head down the stairs to examine our workspace. You do realize, Ricky says, that in theory you'd be luring a tiger into your house and then into your basement, which seems like not the best idea. It's hypothetical, I remind him. I try very hard not to think. Maybe he's right. Right! he nods. He surveys the room and cracks his knuckles. We need to make a pit somehow. Well, I say, thinking, I guess we could maybe use some of those boxes upstairs and stack them, and then we can use the rope to secure the boxes so the tiger can't just knock everything over. The hypothetical tiger, I mean. Hamoni said moving the boxes on an unlucky day could be dangerous, but how do I know if today is unlucky? Box tower, yes, great idea, Ricky says. I weigh my options. I can't really think of another way to make a trap, so either I move the boxes and hope it's a lucky day, or I don't, and I give up on trapping the tiger. Just be careful not to break anything, I add. Halmoni said breaking something was the worst thing, so at least I can avoid that. We get to work. We shove the Korean chests aside, scraping them across the wood floor and clearing a path for the lighter boxes. Then we carry Halmoni's cardboard boxes down from the top of the stairs and pile them in the basement. Some are light enough that we can carry them individually, but the bigger ones we take together. We walk slowly down the stairs, him holding the front, me carrying the back. When we're about halfway through the boxes and maneuvering a particularly heavy one down the stairs, Ricky says, my mom likes hats too. I stop, peering over the big box to look at him. What? He shrugs, shifting the weight between us. I don't know. You asked about my hat. Yeah, like half an hour ago. Sorry, I don't like awkward silences. Oh, I say, He stares at me like he's waiting for more. I don't think it was an awkward silence. It was more of a busy silence. He laughs. Busy silence. I never thought of that before. We take a few more steps and he keeps talking. My mom and I used to buy hats together. That was kind of our thing. You need a good hat for every occasion because a special hat can make you feel special. It's the same reason superheroes wear capes. I nod along, but my mind snags on the used to. It's like what he said at the grocery store. She used to make sticky buns. She likes hats in the present tense, but they used to buy hats. There's a catch in his voice, too, when he mentions his mom. I wonder what that means, if maybe his parents are divorced and he doesn't see her that often. But I don't ask about it. I don't like when random people ask me about Dad, and I don't want to make Ricky uncomfortable. That's a good point, I say, instead. We reach the bottom of the steps and start waddling the heavy box over to the rest of them. I have a newsboy cap, like from the old days, and a lime green fedora, and he cuts off abruptly as the cardboard slips from his grasp. I stumble forward, trying to catch it, but it's too heavy, and for the second time, I fall in front of Ricky. The camel top hat flies off my head and a horrible clatter rings to the basement as the box hits the ground, followed by a loud pop when I land on top of it, crumpling the cardboard and smashing the contents inside. It's the sound of something breaking. It's the sound of bad luck. I freeze as if by refusing to move, I can undo what just happened. I wait for Sam to come running down the stairs, but she doesn't, and it's just me and Ricky and whatever we broke. Ricky's eyes are wide. Are you okay? I'm so sorry. I thought I had it, but I'm fine, I say, scrambling to stand. I just need to see if we broke something. I turn the box right side up and try to peel off the tape to check inside but my fingers keep shaking so it's hard to get a grip. Ricky probably thinks I'm being way overdramatic. He probably thinks I'm the weirdest of weird. He pushes the hair out of his eyes. Would you get in trouble for breaking something? Oh no, I say quickly, but would Harmony be mad? She seemed really upset when mom tried to move things. Here, let me help. Ricky leans over to open the box and I check inside. Beneath a layer of bubble wrap is a pile of pots and pans. Everything looks intact. The clutter must have been the pans banging against each other and the pop was me crushing the layer of bubble wrap. I let out a hot breath. Everything's fine, I say, more to myself than to Ricky. I rearrange the cookware inside the box, but inside the biggest pot, something catches my eye. I reach in and pull out three wads of bubble wrap. The objects inside glint beneath the plastic, flashing in the light. Whoa! Ricky sucks in a breath as he leans over my shoulder. We found treasure! Only it isn't treasure. It's jars.